Let's open our Bibles to the 27th Psalm for just a few verses there to open our worship this morning. Psalm 27, verses that many of you know. I know that some of you have memorized these in earlier days, and I hope that we'll always remember them. Many passages could be picked for this morning, and its theme of the Lord Jesus Christ's total victory over all His enemies, and sitting at the right hand of God and giving us the victory with Him. But let us look at these verses, and I'll read you the first five of Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Amen Amen and amen. amen. The Lord, the Lord Jehovah, is our light, our salvation, our life, and our strength. Of whom should we be afraid? Who are we going to fear? We shouldn't fear anyone or anything, any event, any conspiracy, any so-called conspiracy, because the Lord is our life, light, and strength. He knows it all. There is no insider information except with the Lord. And He's got all the insider information. He's got the classified information. He's the one with the top secret agenda. He's working out His secret will in the world, and we're the recipients of it because we're His adopted children. It's a wonderful way to live, and it's the way He wants His children to live. You know, David could say, in ways that we can never say, that when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh. It wasn't a war against anyone else except a war against David. King Saul didn't have it in for anyone but David himself. And so it was a very personal vendetta against David by King Saul, Doeg the Edomite, Absalom, and others. They didn't care about the rest of the armies of Judah. They cared about David. And so David had personal enemies and personal war being fought with armies chasing him down. And he could say that when that takes place, they stumbled and fell. And when you read 1 Samuel, you can read numerous accounts of how they stumbled and fell because God was with David. I mean, he would take his enemy, King Saul, and put him to sleep so that David could stand over him with his nephews and decide whether they ought to kill him in his sleep or not. Or when he's covering his feet in a cave. David's a few feet away in the shadows of that cave. The Lord was always with David. So that he could say in verse 3, Though an host, here comes a whole army, should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. And even though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Not just believing, 
not just barely surviving, but in this will I be confident. And so we should be confident about everything personal in our personal lives, about everything political in the political ramifications of choices in our nation. We can be confident, and we should be because the Lord is our light and our salvation, as this psalm wants us to believe. Now verse 4 tells us David's heart in the matter, and this is why God always blessed and protected David. There was only one real ambition he had in his life. And his ambition in his life was not to defend the constitution of any nation. The ambition in his life was not to help the political process in any nation. It was not to discover any conspiracy. It was not to pretend he had insider information. It was not any of those things, because he didn't care. What mattered to David, and what should matter to us, and it's one thing, we should be single-minded about the ambition and purpose for our lives... And that is that he might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. That is that we would be members of the kingdom of Jesus Christ and members of a local church where God is worshipped and that that would be the chief aim of our lives. And in that place, to behold the beauty of the Lord. That we would see God in all of his glory and all of his sovereign power and to inquire in his temple as to his will for our lives. This is David. This is what we ought to have in our hearts and our minds as we live here in the United States of America in the year 2012. Because when we put our trust and our affection and our desire and our ambition on the things of the Lord, like verse 4 describes here, then we can say with David in verse 5, for in the time of trouble, and it's not if trouble is going to come in your life, trouble will come in your life. But if we have put our trust in the Lord and made him our chief ambition, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. That's the large tent in the center of an encamped army with the pennants flying off the top where the king stays. In the center of the army because he is surrounded by all the angels of the armies of heaven and by all the saints of God. It's his pavilion. And in the secret of that tabernacle, a tabernacle is a word for a tent. We're talking about an encamped army in the field. In the secret of that tabernacle, God will hide me. Personally, David had great confidence that the Lord would take care of him there. He shall set me up upon a rock. He's going to lift me up and exalt me to be the leader of my people and to be totally protected. This should be our desire. I want to fill all of you with confidence today, trust in the Lord, trust in His sovereignty, knowing that He's governed the affairs of nations before us. He's governed the affairs of this nation. He's governing them right now. He chose the president we have, the Congress, and the justices of our Supreme Court. They're perfect for what this nation, they're better than perfect for what this nation deserves. He's in charge of all of it. Let's trust in Him that he will hide us in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle. But let's make sure that verse 4 is true of us. That one thing have I desired of the Lord. I don't want to learn about anything our government's doing. I don't care what our government is up to. I can't change it. There's no profit in knowing it. I want to know about God's government of the world. I want to know God better. I want to know his word better. 
I want to get inside information out of His Word by Him opening my eyes to behold wondrous things out of His law. That's the, that's the one thing that we want to drive us. And we want to be consumed with them. We don't want to be distracted or diverted by any other pursuit. We want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives. This is where I want to live and die. By God's grace. And if I were to die in the pulpit of it, that would be just precious. Sherry thinks it'll be in the chair in my office, but that's okay too, as long as I'm doing something useful in that chair. And I want to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. I think the Lord is the most incredibly beautiful being, thing, and object in the universe. And I want to see more of that beauty. That's why I've been preaching to you, knowing God. And we want to inquire in His temple what His will is for us and what He wants to share with us that we don't know yet so that we can glory and delight in Him. This should be our desire. This should be the ambition of our lives. And if you make that verse 4, the highest ambition of your life like David did then God will take care of all the other parts of your life. Like he did David. So let's choose this as our course. Let us pray. O Lord our God, the God of David, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of Isaiah, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we come to thee in his glorious name and declare this day, from our hearts, that one thing do we desire of thee, and that is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives, and to behold your beauty in this place, and to inquire in your temple of your will for our lives. Heavenly Father, you are our life, our light, our strength, and our salvation. We fear no man. We fear no country. We fear no government. We fear no trouble, for even though a host should encamp against us in this, we will be confident. Because in the time of trouble, you will hide us in your pavilion, and you will put us in the secret of your tabernacle. You will lift our feet up and put us upon a rock. You will defend us and uphold us. You will protect us and provide for us. And we believe this first, because of the testimony of your word. Second, because you have done it all the days of our lives. And third, because you are our Father in heaven, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that this day, all that we say and all that we do in public and in private, in our conversations with one another and from this pulpit, will be pleasing to thee and profitable for each person here. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us when we've been unbelieving. Forgive us when we've been fearful. Forgive us when we've been unduly frustrated or angry or anxious about the state of affairs in our own lives or in the life of this country, and grant us great peace and calm, that peace that your scripture describes as passing understanding, by us keeping our hearts and our minds fixed on the Lord Jehovah. Oh, Father, we thank thee for thy abundant mercies toward us. Thank you for saving us, for converting us, for delivering us from our own foolishness, for delivering us from the great trends and fads of this nation and showing us the truth of your word and calling us out to be in this place today to worship thee this way. We are trusting in thee this day. Heavenly Father, for your servants and saints in every place, those in this country may be alarmed and unsettled by what's happened this past week. We pray that you would comfort every one of them, 
And if we can help them by what we are preparing for the website, we would be most honored and pleased to be your servants. Be with our brother Singh as he attends the funeral of his father. This weekend, we pray for all our brothers and sisters, known and unknown, and the particular circumstances of their lives, that you will be with them. Be with our brethren in in Washington, D.C., and in St. Louis, and in Michigan, and Penang, our scattered brethren throughout the whole world. Have mercy upon them and protect them. And, O Lord, we do ask you to forgive us our sins and sinfulness. Heavenly Father, we confess that we still have in our members the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Forgive us where those enemies of thine and enemies of us have made war against our souls and we have succumbed or lost a battle. We pray, Heavenly Father, where we have lost the battle and given in to any of those sinful desires and propensities in our being that you will forgive us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness through Jesus Christ our Lord. We look forward to that day when we shall be in your presence to never sin again, delivered from the presence of sin. Be with this assembly and everything that is done. We thank you for your loving kindness and goodness toward us in every way that we realize each and every day. We thank you for our president. We thank you for our Congress, our courts, our governors, our state legislatures, and state courts and all the other courts, mayors, and sheriffs in between. We thank you for our detention centers and those that operate them. And we pray your mercy from top to bottom to be upon all these men and women that you have put in office over us. You created and ordained the office. You raised up the people that populate those offices. Our trust is entirely in thee. Heavenly Father, we supplicate the needs of this nation and the needs of thy people in it, from them. We pray for your rich blessing upon them in wisdom and understanding, energy and strength to prosecute their offices. Heavenly Father, we intercede for this nation with thee for them. We intercede with thee that you would look upon this nation and preserve us through them. Let them be your right hand. And let them deliver us, as you have shown us so many times in the past. And Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that with those leaders we have in office, You have continued to bless us abundantly. Their legislation and their executive office and their judicial decisions have continued to preserve our liberties and our freedoms. And we thank Thee for that, Heavenly Father. We thank Thee that we still live in a nation where the combination of blessings is greater than any nation that we know of in the history of the world, except for maybe your people under the Old Testament. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that this day we can be assembled in the house of the Lord with great freedom and great liberty to do the things that we intend to do this day. Have mercy upon us. We love Thee. We delight in Thee. We're thankful to be in Your house. We pray that you would open your word to show us things there, that you would open our hearts to behold the beauty of the Lord, and that we might inquire this day in his temple and leave convicted and convinced of the truth of your gospel more fully than ever before. It's in Jesus' name 
He who is king of kings and president of presidents over this entire universe. He who rules all principalities and powers, might, throne, and dominions in heavenly places out of our sight. We bless thee in his name, and we thank thee that he is our Lord and Savior, our brother, our friend. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.